welcome to Mindful Mentoring. I'm Tom Martin, host of the podcast and founder of the Martin Center for Mentorship in Communication at the College of Charleston. I've spent more than 40 years in the communication profession, and when I speak to successful leaders, I find that almost all of them can point to a few individuals who made a profound difference in their lives and careers. They may not call themselves mentors, but that's the role they played. On this podcast, we speak to successful people about their own experiences, both as mentors and mentees. Our guest today is in a unique position. She's been both a mentee and a mentor in the Martin Scholars Program, a signature program of the Martin Center for Mentorship. Taylor Shaver graduated from the College of Charleston in 2017. She was a member of the inaugural class of Martin Scholars. Taylor is a co-founder and senior vice president of strategy at Integral, a communications agency based in New York, focused on employee engagement, the digital workplace, and organizational culture. As a Martin Scholar, Taylor was mentored by Hayes Roth, a longtime member of our National Advisory Council. Now Taylor is a Martin Scholars mentor herself, as well as being one of the youngest members of our Advisory Council. Taylor, welcome to Mindful Mentoring. Hi, Tom. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Taylor, you, as I said, you're, you are in a unique position because you've been on both sides of the mentoring relationship uh, through uh, the Martin Scholars and, and other programs. Um, one of the things I was always struck by was how you understood networking from a very early uh, age. You, you were a freshman, and yet you had the foresight to go on the New York, D.C. Uh, student trip. What, what, what do you think uh, gave you the, the uh, impetus to tap into networking at a, such an early stage of your, of your career? In preparation for this conversation, I was thinking about all of the people who really had an impact on me and my career journey. And even when it's formal mentors or informal mentors, the people that have, you know, that can really change the the course of your career. And so I actually had a professor. I, I knew going into college I wanted to be a communications major. And so I had that, I was taking a communications course and I had a professor named Dr. Jessica Smith. I'm, I'm not sure that she's still with the college, but she was fantastic. And she talked to us about this advisory council that the college had. And I went up to her and I asked more about it and she pulled me aside and said, you should really go to this event and you should hear more. I think it was less about, you know, networking at that time for me, more about just curiosity and hunger and eagerness to learn. And I think that's really what drove me to go to on the spring break trip, attend the advisory council events, meet everyone and learn about their experience. And naturally that's, you know, built a network and, and relationships I'll have for a long time. As you think about what drove you to 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 take her up on the advice that she was giving you, um, what do you think that says to other students when they're thinking about those kind of opportunities themselves? Yeah, you know, I think it can be really intimidating, and um, especially when you're a freshman in college, you don't really have the most confidence. So I can say I was pretty intimidated showing up into that room, but I knew I wanted to learn. I really respected the opinion of my professor and this recommendation and just thought, this is an amazing opportunity I, I can't pass up. And so I didn't know what it would entail or even lead me to the spring break trip, um, but I'm glad I did it. And I think it's about taking some of those risks and college in particular is one of the times to really test, learn and, and know what you like and don't like. And so for me, you know, I was really moved to go on the spring break trip because, you know, I had a vision board and I wanted to go to New York after graduation. 
And so I knew, okay, while it's New York and DC, I could learn more about the industry. It's a ticket to New York. Let me go and let me absorb and learn so I can see how I can be one step closer to that dream. Now, you mentioned your your famous vision board. It's interesting. You had a vision board that said, I want to one day live and work in New York. Guess what? You're living and working in New York. I mean, uh, so you've you've achieved that vision. What do you think? Why did you uh, uh, decide to do that? You know, I have to give full credit to my mom here. Um, my the vision board was my mom's idea, and you know, we had a rough few years growing up with my parents' divorce and so on. And so, she really helped me kind of think about you know positivity, optimism, but also in a very realistic way. And so, you know, sometimes people feel like you can do these vision boards and it's magical thinking. And so for me, it was like I want to do the vision board to help ground me in my goals. But then it provides kind of a roadmap for me to achieve that. You still have to work hard to achieve those goals that are on there. And so, in fact, College of Charleston was on my vision board, right? So over the years, you know, I try and do one every year. Eric and I, we we do one. My fiance, we do one every New Year's Eve to just try and set what are some of the things that we want to achieve. So that that's a a big motivator for me, and I I really have to give credit to my mom for setting us down, teaching us how to do it, and bringing some positivity to and some excitement to us at such a hard time. One of the things that I hear from students a lot is they may name a parent or even a grandparent as a hero, but they don't always call them mentors. But it sounds like in this case, your mom really was acting as a mentor for you. I I think so. And I I was trying to sit back and think about what does the word mentor mean? And and who who do I consider mentors? And I think it's just people who you come across in your life who can be long-term relationships, but also really make you, I was listening to the President Shu episode and he said it perfectly. They teach you something that you didn't know. And I think they help unlock something for you that you might not know about yourself as well. And we can all learn from each other's experiences. It doesn't need to be someone who's had years of experience in the industry. I mean, you can learn something from your peers, from a coworker. A lot of my own mentors are colleagues, friends that I admire and aspire um, to be. And I, you find qualities in people that you just want to learn more about and have them coach you along the way. What do you think makes people effective mentors, whether it's an informal mentoring relationship or, or a formal one? I would say uh, vulnerability and courage. And I think that when a mentor can kind of bring down that shield and be really honest about their experiences, the good and the bad. I think a lot of the times what's really intimidating going into our to a formal mentor-mentee relationship is you see this person and they have all these successes and you just see the successes. But when you start to kind of unpack that and learn about how they got there, the challenges they came through, I think that vulnerability allows the mentee to open up and feel comfortable to say, hey, I'm struggling right now. Um, I'm confused. I don't really know how to do this. I'm scared. And you create naturally a safe space uh, for the two of you to share. Now, after after you went on the New York DC trip as a freshman, then then when you were a junior, you decided to apply to the Martin Scholars Program. Now, that was a brand new program, had never been done before. What motivated you to apply for that program, and what did you what did you get out of it? I have to say, I am immensely grateful uh, because it was life changing. I mean, when I applied to the program, I had been pretty involved with the department at that point and just all of the opportunities it had from 
mentor-protege program, to the advisory council, to the spring break trip. I knew that this was going to be something special and I wanted, I didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. And so I applied. It was a very intense interview process. I'll never forget the five strengths, five weaknesses question. But when I was part of it, I mean, it's one of the programs that I'm most grateful for. I not only got to learn about different agencies and roles and what different communications teams were doing and working on in the real world, but most importantly, I got a, like a family and a community out of it. I mean, that that group became my closest friends, my closest peers. And to this day, even if we don't talk every day, I know I can reach out to them, talk to them. And when I see them again, it's like nothing has ever changed. When you were in that program, a lot of the process was visiting companies and agencies and things like that. I remember distinctly that you would always come prepared with a question or two to ask. One of the things that's hard for me sometimes working with students is to get them to not be the quiet person in the room, but to, to take that, that risk of, of opening themselves up to asking a question or two. What would you advise students who were, who were in that kind of, uh, op- uh, had that kind of opportunity? I think at the end of the day, it probably comes down to a bit of confidence and a bit of intimidation. And also transparently, I think sometimes maybe the student doesn't connect with the presenter or the topic and and that's known. And I think that's okay. Um, but I, I would say that to come prepared, if it is around confidence or nervousness to speak up in a group, what I always did is, because I get, I get that and I still get that way today when I'm in clients or team meetings or things like that, there's still nerves that fly through you. I try and come prepared as much as possible, do my research on the company, the people presenting to us, initiatives that they've done, and then pre-prepare a question. And also have some in my back pocket where, okay, these are some evergreen questions that I could ask anybody, but I'm very curious about. So I want to know about their culture. That was always a big one. And so I think I'd have some of those that I would repeatedly ask because I knew that's that's what interested me. Well, and I think that you, you tap into curiosity, which I think is one of the big factors that I try to encourage with students. How did you develop your own curiosity and, and how do you develop it even even now? If you had asked me at the time in undergrad if I was a curious person, I don't know that I would have said yes. Uh, but now, looking back, I think curiosity and just desire to learn to um, continuously better myself was a big part of it. So now I kind of know some of the things that I'm interested in. You know, like law school part-time feeds that curiosity. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is leadership, mentorship, management. And so I'm find find those things and then learn as much as possible about them. But I think curiosity is powerful. If you go to any job and you're curious and and you show up and you just want to learn, that sets you apart from many other people. But then it's also about okay, how can I connect the dots? I've learned this one thing. Oh, that sounds like something I've learned over here. This sounds like something you've told me before or this initiative you're working on. So how can I help connect the dots and bring a new perspective, a new idea to the forefront, even if it doesn't work out? So in the Martin Scholar Program, you were matched with Hayes Roth, who's obviously one of our more experienced uh, advisory council members, 20 years at Landor, that sort of thing. What did you get from from the relationship with Hayes? I'm so glad we're talking about Hayes. Uh, Hayes was a huge influence on me in my undergraduate career. We were paired up when I was a junior. And... You know, he asked me a lot of questions about what I wanted to do, my interests, and I told him, I'm not so sure exactly what I want to do. Um, I'm thinking PR, but 
I know I want to work in New York and I want to work at a New York firm. And he sat me down and said, here's what you got to do. You need to get New York on your resume. And he sat with me and helped me map out a plan. And we made that plan. And it was through doing that that I then landed an internship in the summer between my junior and senior that year in New York. And I, I really believe that helped me, you know, stand out. It got I gained amazing experience learning the pace of New York City and a job there. And that led me to then, you know, get my job after undergrad when I was done. So he really helped me take a step back. He lived in New York, so it was great. He could tell me about the scene. He'd been experienced in agencies there. And then, you know, after graduation, I just stayed in touch. You know, I, I've always would run by Hayes, you know, challenges I'd come across, um, get his perspective. In fact, to this day, we still joke about it. He told me not to go work at Integral, and now we just kind of laugh about it. And he's like, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. We'll ask Hayes Roth about his experience in mentoring Taylor Shaver when we come back right after this. You're listening to Mindful Mentoring with Tom Martin as we explore the science of mentoring, speaking with business executives, leaders, educators, and students. Additional episodes of this podcast are available on Buzzsprout, Apple, Spotify, and other apps where podcasts are found. Now let's get back to Tom Martin. So Hayes, um, obviously you and Taylor have had an incredible mentoring relationship over many years. Tell me about Taylor, your experiences with her, and what's made this relationship so special? Taylor, I remember first from uh, when she was, I think, a freshman or a sophomore working with the council. And that alone was kind of distinctive that she'd taken such an interest at an early age. She always had wonderful questions and was always her very bright and curious self. The best part is that after she graduated, we stayed in touch. Now, one of the things we talk with the students about a lot is is um, the role of the mentee in these relationships and how important that is. What did she bring to the equation that made her stand out? Well, for starters, she took it she took it seriously and recognized that this was an opportunity that should not be squandered. And Taylor's now shifted from the role of mentee to the role of mentor. How do you think she'll do as a mentor? Right. Oh, she'll be excellent. She's uh, she's pretty damn good at whatever she does. <laughs> I've noticed. He's just always been there and willing to give advice, sit with me, talk to me, and ask me hard questions, too. And that's interesting because I think sometimes people are intimidated by their mentors and they, you know, the mentors maybe are sometimes reluctant to ask those those tough questions. But in your case, you, you felt like it really was a benefit. Yeah, he, he you know, he'd put you on the, I think, the great thing about Hayes is he'll put you on the spot and really poke and prod to understand why you really want to do something or what's motivating you. And I think that makes a fantastic uh, mentor. Now, you made a, a, a big decision after you'd been uh, in, a, in an agency for, for a, a year or two. You decided to join a startup and uh, Integral. And so tell me about that decision process and what led you to, to do that, take that risk. I, you know, I wasn't looking for a job, but... I knew at this point the importance of networking, building relationships, and the recommendation had come from you. So I really respected that and was like, I I should meet Ethan. And so I had a phone call with Ethan and he, I was just like, tell me your vision for the company. What are you trying to do here? And I was moved by it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't going into that conversation like, yes, I want to get this job at this startup. I was like, okay, tell me about this thing. And I was really inspired and I thought, I think I can help you. you. You've you got like the vision and so on. And I really, really think I can help you make this thing a reality. 
And so that's when I decided to move forward with the interview process, see see where it would go while I was still working um, at Peppercom. And when I got the offer to join, you know, it was a big risk. I had to take a step back and say, you know, this isn't guaranteed. It's the very beginning. This is the like this is the starting salary. I, I had to just really sit back and say, what is the cost benefit analysis? You know, I, I just said, you know what, this is worth it. Let me try it, and if it falls on its face. I um, I believe in the board and Ethan, and I don't think that they would either let this happen or if it did, they would have my back. So I took the jump and, you know, it's been five and a half years now and um, has totally accelerated my journey, my career, my growth. And I'm so glad I took that that risk. I know the work that you do, a lot of it focuses on employee engagement. Tell me a little bit about that and specifically how that relates to mentoring uh, when you when you think about employee engagement. I think a lot of times in the work that we do, we're really trying to help connect communications to like business impact. And a really big way to do that is, you know, by inspiring, motivating and engaging your people. Um, they're the ones that interact with the clients, they're the ones building the products. And so a lot of the times we're focused on how do we create not just content, but experiences, interactions, programs that are sustainable to engage this audience. And one of the ways that I see mentorship showing up is through the manager population. And so you have these people managers that are oftentimes carrying a great weight, but not necessarily given the tools to do their job effectively. And I think that's the biggest opportunity for companies is how can we help them be not just managers of getting their people to a certain goal, but be coaches and and mentors to them. Additionally, I think that there's also opportunities where, you know, we've had some great clients who do some really amazing things where they create cross mentoring programs where yes, you have your manager, but how can you learn from a leader or someone doing a completely different job and pairing you up with them? So I, I think there's a lot of opportunity in that space, and I think some of the best companies do do help facilitate a mentor-mentee relationship. Now, you obviously uh, have shifted from being a mentee to being a mentor now. You've, you've mentored some of the Martin Scholars. What led you to, to take on the role of being a mentor, and what have you learned from that experience? You know, I love building relationships and also just helping others. Like I love helping, you know, I have the vision board thing and I've created a whole exercise that I share with people for them to just do it on their own because I really want them to find what inspires them. And so when the opportunity presented itself to be a mentor, I just, I jumped on it because so many people formally and informally have got me to where I am today for their advice, for the teacher just telling me to go to this event or to go on the spring break trip. All of that has led me to where I am today. And if I can do that for just one student, it's the most rewarding experience. And so I'm now on my third like official mentee and it's been fantastic. You know, I'm so proud of them and they just have their own stories to tell and it's very rewarding to help them find it and tell it. Well, some of the people I hope listening to this uh, podcast are people who are considering being mentors. What would you advise or, or tell someone who's thinking about mentoring but it's not quite sure? What would you tell them? I think you have to be willing to commit. I think if you're going to try being a mentor, the commitment is the most important part. You're committing a, a chunk of time to this individual and um, you know, not following through on that 
can really impact someone in their own journey. But I also think seeing yourself as a bit of a facilitator as well is a big part of the role. So, you know, a lot of times there's expectations on mentees of how to show up to the mentor-mentee relationship. But especially when you're dealing with, you know, undergraduate students, I think that can be really intimidating and a lot of pressure if it's their first formal, you know, mentor-mentee relationship. So trying to come to it with the facilitator mindset, let's do a formal kickoff call to understand what you want to get out of the relationship, what I want to get, how we can work together, what works for us, I think is um, can help create a more sustainable relationship. Sometimes the expectations on both the mentor and the mentee are just not in alignment. And so I think having that framework discussion, like you say, is a really great way to start the relationship because that way expectations then kind of can be more aligned. If I could just give one, an example, one of the things that I've started to do now is, you know, I have the first conversation with my mentee, try to ask them to tell me about themselves, their families, their hobbies, you know, getting to know them on a human level, not just like a resume level. And then I ask them a bit of, you know, what you'd call in the professional world, ways of working questions, you know, what cadence do you want to meet? You know, how do you want to operate? And then I share my expectations, which are, look, this is your time and I'm carving out this time just for you. So come with questions for me, come with an agenda. If you want me to review something in advance, send it to me and I'll look at it. And we can, we can tweak these. They don't always have to just be talking. We can workshop your resume. We can workshop your LinkedIn live time. Have, helping them see themselves as the owner of this meeting and then giving them suggestions along the way like oh i heard you say this why don't we um do a workshop on that next time well the last thing taylor uh is about continuous growth i know you you've now gone you're going to law school um how do people keep growing even when they're into their careers uh because a lot of a lot of people listening to this maybe people have been out for a year two or three how do they keep that spark to keep uh, to keep learning to keep growing I think at the end of the day, it comes down to what you see as your purpose and what is your passion. And so that's why I'm a huge proponent of the vision board exercise is because it, it gives you one minute to just sit down and say, what, what am I connected to? And that might change over time. And so I think it's important to do that, you know, constantly tapping into what's driving me? What do I get excited about? What do I love doing? And then I think you just have to find opportunities to learn about that space, grow in that space, or experience it. And it doesn't always have to be work. I think work can fuel a part of you, but then there's also things that people just enjoy doing outside that will fuel them and and their curiosity. So I think it's staying in line with what your passion, purpose is, and then finding ways to tap into that. And sometimes it might not be work in the moment, but making sure you're constantly feeding that. Well, Taylor, you've been an inspiration to me and I know to many others, and uh, you certainly represent the College of Charleston and all of our alumni incredibly well. We're so lucky and delighted to have you on our advisory council so you can continue to to keep helping us all grow. And uh, thanks for all you've done for the College of Charleston and all you do for so many. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tom. It's an honor and um, I appreciate the time. And for those of you listening today, if you have a great story about a mentor who has helped you or perhaps about someone you've mentored, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email address, which is martintr at cofc.edu. And thanks for listening to Mindful Mentoring.